0: Well, good morning, Good Shepherd. I am Talbot Davis, and I'm the pastor here. And whether you're live streaming or whether you're live in the room at our campus in Charlotte, North Carolina, really glad to be able to connect back with you. And and this is, as the video suggested, it is the first day of a new series called He Is, where we are going to be looking closely at some of the things that Jesus said about Jesus and we do so out of the conviction that you really can't understand who you are until you know who he is. You can't know, understand who you are until you know who he is. And today's message is uh, called What Jesus Claimed About Jesus. And if you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to open your Bible to the Gospel of John chapter 8 verse 47 and following and maybe your bible looks like mine just find it put the finger your finger there and maybe it's on your phone open the app and scroll to john chapter 8 verse 47 and and keep it there we'll get there uh uh fairly quickly with within the message and uh there's a reason we'd love for you to look at the bible for yourself when i'm talking on a sunday and and you may not know this. You may, you may struggle with this. You, you may be not altogether sure you have to understand who Jesus is to know who you are. That, that may be, you may be wrestling with that and that's okay. But we also want, you to know, where we stand about the Bible at this church. And, and it says, we love the Bible at Good Shepherd. We don't worship it, but we love it because we have discovered that loving the scripture helps us to adore the savior and we do worship him. And so it's out of that conviction that we love the Bible at this place that we have a custom that might seem a little bit different to you when we talk about the Bible together, we lift it up. And and if you're new and you're seeing phones in the air and Bible's in the air and you haven't ever been to a church, maybe never been to a church that does this, you're like, that's that's just kind of odd. And guess what? We think it's odd too but we have discovered that this is a moment of oddity that shapes our identity as a community, that we are a collection of people who don't always have life figured out, but we know who does. And because we know who he does, we're glad to surrender to his authority as he has revealed it in his word. Amen? Amen. And so before I say anything else, let's pray. God, thank you for, for the authority of your word. Thank you that you breathed life. Into what John said about Jesus. Thank you that you poured truth into the pages of that gospel. And, and, and Lord, I, I ask that you would, uh, throughout uh, live stream and live, that you would be softening hearts and opening ears and expanding minds to hear what it is that you want to say to the church today. And Lord, I am powerless without you, but because of you, I'm never helpless. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you are, uh, if you're normal, you've never heard of Anna Anderson, but I'm not normal and I know all about her. You see, Anna Anderson, way back in the year of our Lord, 1920, Anna Anderson was found about half dead, which does mean she was half alive too, half dead in a river in Berlin. And as part of taking her to the hospital, to making making her from half dead to all the way alive, as part of her recovery, Anna Anderson claimed to be Anastasia Romanoff, the daughter of the Tsarina. She claimed to be Princess Anastasia. But the thing is, Princess Anastasia had supposedly been executed by Lenin and the Soviets as the Soviet Union began a couple of years before 1920. You're tracking with the history and, and, and so for the rest of her life, Anna Anderson and her life continued till 1984. For the rest of her life, Anna Anderson claimed to be Anna. And by the way, part of her long life, extending all the way to 1984, included a stint here in the United States, married to a professor of history from the University of Virginia. And there's a joke in there somewhere, I just hadn't figured it out yet. And, and, but all that whole long life, all the way till 1984, Anna Anderson claimed to be Anastasia Romanov, and, and among her strongest supporters were, of, of that claim were the extended Romanov clan, the, the, the cousins and nieces and nephew of the now dead Tsar of Russia and the Tsarina. It's just a, an outrageous claim. But when you think about it, uh, Outrageous claims are nothing new and and they haven't stopped with Anna Anderson. Their outrageous claims are really all around us. Mr. Ponzi, let me tell you about my investment strategy. (laughs) Mr. Madoff, yeah, I'll watch your money for you. Mr. Bankman Freed. You don't understand crypto. It's all good. I do. I got you covered. Maybe even those people at Silicon Valley Bank, our bank doesn't make sense to you, it does to us, just trust us. Maybe even that time that you swiped left, I think it's, I've been married 38 years, you swiped left and you set up a date with that guy and, and he showed up at the date and his, in real life, he looked nothing like the picture that he put online. And who knows, maybe there was a time when someone swiped your direction and you showed up and, and you weren't who you said you were either. There are outrageous claims all around us. And as we launch into He Is, a series that unapologetically looks at what it is that Jesus said about Jesus... We're going to begin this series with what, for my money, is the most outrageous claim that Jesus ever made about himself. And like all of these claims that we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks, because this this series takes us to Easter. And like all of these claims, this one does not come in a vacuum. Because we're in John chapter 8, and Jesus is in the city of Jerusalem, which is the religious center of the Jewish faith. And he's not only in Jerusalem, he's in the Jerusalem temple, which is the religious center of the religious center. And being in the religious center of the religious center, that means that Jesus is surrounded by all kinds of leaders and elites in Judaism and the Jewish faith of the time. So he is, he is surrounded by a crowd of really smart, really faithful Jewish men. And apparently his strategy is not to win friends and influence people. Instead, it looks like his strategy is to challenge and to antagonize because look at what he says in verse 47 of John chapter eight. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says, Jesus said. The reason you and the you is is all the religious elite, the spiritual leaders of Israel. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Jesus. (laughs) And that opening salvo really explains the response that the religious elite give to him in verse 49. The Jews, and when it says the Jews there, that means the the religious leadership. They answered him, well, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan, meaning you're not really authentically Jewish, you're someone we don't respect, and you're demon-possessed? Aren't we right in saying that you're demon-possessed? Jesus. Now, you, you, you may know, you may have heard me say that some people ask questions not because they want an answer, but because they want an advantage. And that's the, the case here, that these religious leaders don't ask Jesus that question. They, they're not concerned with his answer. They want to set a trap for him. Well, isn't it true that you're, you're demon-possessed? Jesus, this is a no-win scenario for Jesus in this moment. And it is a trap into which he refuses to fall. And instead of falling for that trap, he, he, he spends a couple sentences kind of extolling his own dignity and, and, and his purpose. And he he lands it with this really remarkable promise in verse 51. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 51. Very truly I tell you. Whoever obeys my word will never see death. Whoever belongs to me will never really ultimately die. Whoever belongs to me will discover that death really is but a shadow, and what comes after death, that is the substance. And when you think about it, that really is the most meaningful, most significant promise that Jesus or anyone could ever make. When someone promises you, hey, 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 I, you you follow me, you belong to me, and I am the key to your eternity. Man, that's the best promise you could make. It makes me think of those uh, times that I do funeral services and memorial services. And some of you have been here for some of those. And almost invariably, at some point, I will say about the person who's died, I'll say, I'll say their name, and, and then, then I'll say, they are more alive now than they have ever been before. And it's true that, that Jesus is saying that, that in me, wrapped up in me i i am the key to life that never really ultimately ends well in response to that promise and 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 as remarkable as that promise is as much as that's the most important promise any of us could ever hear or accept that's not the most outrageous claim that jesus made you still gotta wait for that that's coming But in response to this promise that Jesus makes, the the religious leaders around him kind of offer him the ultimate, I told you so. Look at what they say in verse 52 and 53. At this, they exclaimed, well, now we know that you're demon possessed. Abraham died. And just so you know, the timeline here, Jesus is speaking about 2000 years ago. And Abraham was about 1700 years before that. So that's about 3,700 years ago that Abraham was around. So they refer to Abraham ancient, long time dead and buried and out of the way. They say, Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died. So did the prophets. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Really, really, they're, they're like, we know Abraham. And you believe you are no Abraham, Jesus. Well, in response to that, look at what Jesus says in verse 56. He's still speaking to the religious leaders. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Do you remember the timeline? abraham has been dead for 1700 years and and yet jesus speaking in the moment in the jerusalem temple says not only do i know abraham abraham saw my day and he was glad about what was going to happen in my day this makes no sense in terms of how history works how life and death works and 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 so look at how the religious leaders respond you're not yet 50 years old they said you whippersnapper and yet you have seen Abraham. And so all of that, all of that, Jesus claiming he's seen Abraham, who's been dead for 1700 years. Jesus claiming he's, he, he's, he's the key to eternal life. All that is but prologue the runway for the most outlandish claim that Jesus ever made about himself. But before I tell you that, before I, is it okay if I tell you something else? Thank you for saying yes, because if you'd said no, I was going to say tough. I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Moses. Okay, got to get the names and the time. Abraham, 1,700 years before Jesus. Moses, you know, Charlton Heston, (laughs) about 300, 400 years after Abraham, but still more than 1,000 years before Jesus. So when Moses, way back in the book of Exodus, has this conversation with God at the burning bush, look, look, look at what happens. Exodus chapter three and verses 13 and 14, we're gonna put it up on the screen. Moses said to God, cause God is, is telling him, Moses, you need to get my people out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea and into freedom. No big deal. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? What's the name of God? Then what do I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And so this is the the great announcement of God to the Jewish people. I am am is my name and get this everyone in that audience because remember jesus is in the temple the the religious center of the religious center in jerusalem he's there in the temple surrounded by the religious elite they know all this by heart they know that god introduces himself as i god my name is talbot who are you i am that's the way God introduces himself. And all of that builds up to what Jesus says to the religious leaders when they call him a whippersnapper and they challenge that he, how could he possibly known uh, Abraham? Look at what Jesus says in verse 58. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Oh my gosh. Talk about preposterous. Talk about outrageous. Talk about defying all laws of time and life and death and birth and all that. Before Abraham was, I am. Talk about blasphemy. And that's why the religious leaders, when they hear Jesus introduce himself, and you know this, don't you? When he says, I am, he is introducing himself as God. And that's blasphemy. And that's why the religious leaders, they respond to Jesus' introduction. I am the same one who was speaking to Moses at the burning bush. That's me. I am. Look, look at their response in verse 59. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Oh my gosh. And yet in hindsight, We don't respond. Well, you might. I don't. Good chunk of people in here do not. We don't respond with blasphemy. We don't want to stone him or execute him for claiming to be I am. We see what's actually going on in John chapter 8. And with this way of introducing himself, this is John's way, author of the gospel of John. It's Jesus's way of obliterating all nuance and removing all doubt. Jesus is here declaring, I am not great teacher. I am not good guy. I am not role model. I am in fact the everlasting God who is so God that I was there before Abraham or Moses or any other human being ever lived. There was never not Jesus. In the beginning, God is how the Bible begins. In the beginning, God. First lines of Genesis. In the beginning, God, which means that there was something before the beginning. And Jesus is saying, that which was for the beginning, it's me. Talk, talk about an outrageous claim. He is the unbegun one. Everybody else has had a beginning. You began. And you began. You be, some of you began a really long time ago, and some of you began a little bit ago. But every one of us, we began, everyone except Jesus, the unbegun one. But do you see? Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? The, the promise of verse 51, a life that never ends, and the declaration of verse 58, a Savior who never began could not be more connected. You can't have the one without the other. The one makes the other possible. Your life will have no ending because his had no beginning. It's John, it's Jesus, it's glorious. And here's what I want you to know. He had no beginning so that you can have no ending. He was unbegun. So that when you die, you will be unended. He had no beginning. So that you will have can have no ending. And you and I just get to savor that truth, that we don't serve a Jesus who is just a role model. I mean, he is that, but he's so much more. We don't serve, we we don't serve a Jesus who is one of the great religious leaders in human history. He's not one of many. He's the one and he's the only. He had no beginning so that you can have no ending. It it so makes me think of this. You know, when we want leaders, I just think everybody's looking for leaders in life. It's why I think the human race historically is vulnerable to really terrible leaders. Because we want leaders. And these days, we, we want a leader with a good resume. We want a leader with some chops. We want a leader with a YouTube channel, at least. We, we want to trust them based on their credentials. We want leaders with credentials. And when Jesus is asked for his leadership top, what are your credentials? All he has to do is hand his resume that says, before Abraham was, I am. And that's all you need to know. He had no beginning. So that you can have no ending it makes me think of the phone call i got a couple months ago actually this was so cool because it was the very day that i was working in my office on what ended up becoming the message that i'm delivering like right now and so it was like 5 years ago no it was a couple months ago and and, and I got a call as I was working on this. I got a call from a woman in our church about, she's a, she's a friend, she's a f- woman in our church and a friend of hers fr- who, who I didn't know was there in the ICU in the hospital and they were getting ready to remove her vent, which meant that she was preparing to die. It was time to, to remove the vent and, and, and let her die. And, and heavy, heavy situation. And yet her, her friend, who's one of you all, just a regular good shepherd person, wanted some peace and some perspective in that, in, in, in that hospital room. And so she, she called me and she asked if she could put me on speakerphone to speak some words of truth over this impending death. And, and I said, uh, oh, no, I'm not busy. No, I didn't say that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I got more important stuff to do. No, I, I was like, absolutely. And, and I, went to, I went to my go-to, Philippians one twenty-one, which says Christ in me is to live, to die is to gain. And that's actually gonna be on my marker Along with it's not a book, it's a library, people. That, that's gonna be on my marker. And so so I went to Philippians 1 21. Christ in me is to live, to die is to gain, and 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 spoke that over the room. And 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 there was there was peace and, and and there was perspective, and it was all because one of you, one of you wanted to make sure that this woman's life would be not ended, but unended when she died. He had no beginning so that you can have no ending. That's what it's like. And by the way, that, that accusation that the religious leaders hurled at Jesus, you are demon possessed, son. It's absolutely spot on unless Jesus is who he says he is. That, that accusation that Jesus is somehow demon-possessed or off his rocker or filled with delusions or believes his own, so delusional he believes his own lies. You, you might have heard the old line that, that Jesus is either a liar or he's a lunatic or he's the Lord. And it belittles him to say he's something in between. It, it, it belittles He who died on the cross and he who burst through the grave on the other side of death. It belittles him. It tears him down to say that he's role model, teacher, guru, one of many. No, 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 no. He's the one and only. He had no beginning. So you can have no ending. And that that, that promise that he makes, what is it? Verse 51, what, what does Jesus say? He says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Do you know why, uh, for for those of us who live in the United States, which is a a, a lot of us, and those of us who are born in the United States, which is a good chunk of us, do you know why that promise of a life that never ends, why that has lost some of its luster for us? Because we got it so good. I mean, think about it. What, What could be better than an iPhone 13? Unless it's an iPhone, I don't know what number they're up to now. But we have so many trinkets and we have so many toys and we are so seduced by the bright lights that deep down we don't really think anything on the other side could be better than what we have right now. Listen, in India, where we work with Christian pastors and where Christians start at the bottom... And they go lower from there because of the way the culture persecutes them. Man, they grasp onto that hope of eternity and they cling to it for all that it's worth. They're not seduced by the bright lights because they don't have any. And they so look forward to the other side of the grave where they will in fact approach him who the scripture says he dwells in unapproachable light. Hallelujah for that. How about we? how about we get some of that kind of perspective back? How about we realize all the ways that we've been tricked and we've been seduced by the bright lights? And how about we actually savor the truth that because eternal life, I love all the people. I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm gonna see so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and so-and-so my cousin, my, my, my dad, my... Cool. You're going to see Jesus. And that when we see him, we don't have to know the details of what heaven is like. We just know that he's at the center of it for all to see. And the things of earth really will go grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Can I hear an amen for that? He had no beginning so that you, can have no ending. Well, do you remember? Uh, you remember Anna Anderson? I am Tsarina Anastasia. She said all the way till she died, 1984. Well, I don't know if you know this, how up you are in your world history, but the Soviet Union, Lenin's creation, also died in 1991 when the Soviet Union collapsed. In the aftermath of its collapse. People were able to go in and dig up, exhume the bones of the czar and his family. And they were able to compare the Romanov bones with the bones that they had for Anna Anderson. And they discovered, sadly, that Anastasia, the princess, that she had, in fact, been executed way back in 1917, 1918. And that all along, Anderson was a fraud And a phony and a pretender, and the bones proved it. Jesus, He's so different. You can't exhume His bones because there's nothing to exhume. that there is no flesh, there is no blood, there is no nothing but a risen Savior. And he was unbegun so that you can be unended. And why in the world would you want to follow one of the pretenders or one of the fakes or one of the competitors when you can fall on your knees and surrender to the one who really is the way and the truth and the life? He had no beginning, so you can have no ending. And we knew that at the end of a message like this, we had to give you an opportunity to say, that's the Jesus I want to follow. Because maybe there's some people here, and you know, you thought, man, you thought going to church is about being a good person. Jesus is a really good person. You follow him, be a little more like Jesus. You didn't know any of this. Sir. You're like, whoa. Or you thought getting to heaven was a matter of you being good, and now you know it's a matter of him being great. And today today you want to say yes to that Jesus or maybe there's others of you and you said yes to that Jesus years ago but man you've wandered you allowed the things of earth they didn't grow strangely dim they grew perversely more attractive and you've wandered and you would like to come home today and so in just a moment just a couple of moments I'm going to say just three words Jesus is Lord when i say that if 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 you want to say yes to him for the very first time or or you want to come back home to him when i say those three words i'm just going to invite you to stand up boldly at 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 your seed and and some of you might like, how how can i do that i want to do it but how can i do it in front of all these people it's so embarrassing no it's not there's no better group of people that you could stand up and declare jesus in front of than this one you'll be surrounded by people who love you and support you and And others of you are like, get on with it. I want to stand up now. I am so ready. (laughs) And know this, you might think you're too young. I can't stand up for Jesus. Yeah, you can. Or you might think you're too old. There's been too much water under your bridge. No, there's not. You've never gone too far or done too much. But that Jesus doesn't welcome you home. He had no beginning so that you can have no ending. And you might really, the idea the idea that you can have a certainty and an assurance of your salvation, your eternity, because it's about his greatness. Man, that's so appealing to you. And so I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to that. So again, in just a moment, happen at nine o'clock. It's going to happen now. Just a moment. I'm going to say those words. He is Lord. If you would like to say yes to him, rise on your feet. So you're ready. you ready. He is Lord. Who would stand up for Jesus today? Thank you, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, hallelujah. Stay standing, stay standing. Thank you, hallelujah. Thank you in the back, thank you in the back. There's still time, God is so good. Y'all stay standing. Yes, I told you this is a great group. Yeah, hallelujah, amen, amen, amen.